Chabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, let's kick off the show then by speaking to Walter Mukwane, he's a former advisor to the Minister of Sport, and he joins us on the line just to give insight and to share some of the of the knowledge that he has. Good evening, uh, Walter. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Thanks, Tavis. Good evening, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Um, <clears throat> so, if uh, we do have a bit of communication, this so that. Um, the issue of load shedding is we are going through all of it, all of us. <laughs> yes, yes, so no, it affects all of us. But so far, in the dark, yeah, and battery, I'm hoping that it can hold out for the duration of the conversation. But I think, yeah, we're all good. No, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. So far, so good. Firstly, how do you look back at your time in office with the minister? Well, my time in office um, was really great um, in terms of. Uh, just um, being able to be at the service of, um, of South Africans in the portfolio of sport, arts and culture. I worked very well with uh, the minister, Minister Martin Chetra, and the officials in the department, DJ Kiza. So it's been a, a really fulfilling two years. I have absolutely no regrets. I think it was a, it was a great opportunity to learn and also serve the people of South Africa. I would have thought then with, with all the work that you have, boxing must also have been a big part of your job as the minister's advisor. In your opinion, and, and from what you've seen and experienced, where is boxing in South Africa at the moment, the state of boxing according to you? Well, uh, in fact, um, uh, just as I was appointed minister's advisor, one of the very first federations and uh, leaders of sport that I I met uh, was the Tulufelo Lujaka, who was at the time... The, um, the acting CEO of Boxing South Africa is now the chief of staff for Minister Fikbalula at the transport. And uh, he gave me a, an insight, um, an understanding into what was happening uh, in Boxing South Africa and appealing for my assistance with the minister in tackling some of uh, the issues that uh, they were facing. And it was a laundry list a tabiso of things about the state of uh, of boxing, starting just in terms of governance. And at the time, of course, you know, uh, from an administration perspective, there's the issue of um, the CEO and court cases that have been going back and forth, and just lack of um, sponsorship and funding into the game. Uh, so there has been many things, but I think that will require a long a period of discussion to go through all the different things, but I believe that um, there are areas which uh, you may be interested in that we focus on. But certainly, boxing is uh, uh, is in a very poor shape uh, in South Africa as we speak, and it's been like that for for many years now. What is the reason for that? Mm. There could be many reasons uh, for it, but I am not an expert on boxing. I merely can talk about the space of um, uh, of policy making of the legislative mm. framework in terms of the work I was doing, mm. interfacing with the federations on behalf of the minister and the ministry and the department, interfacing with parliament. So that is an area that I, I would rather focus on. Yes, but just on governance, maybe what are the ch- what were the challenges or what are the challenges? <clears throat> well, I think that uh, South African sport in the main. Uh, the, there's been a lot of talk shops in Daba here, football in Daba, boxing in Daba, sport in Daba, and all of that. 
and very good documents that have been produced over the years, Tabi. So, but as we know, um, you know, uh, we never short of ideas, but um, we are not at the intersection of ideas and action. There the is a, a, a big gap between the ideas that are conceived and the execution. So there's absolutely no execution. Um, even uh, from the side also, it's not just uh, the, the the federations themselves. I think that uh, the national department itself um, uh, as the custodian of sport in the country, they also have... Uh, have to shoulder some of the blame for where sport is in the country. To give you an example, when he came into office in 2019, when I took uh, office on the 3rd of June in 2019, immediately were consumed by making sure that uh, uh, there's implementation of the uh, Zulman uh, inquiry, which was chaired by the late uh, Judge Zulman and among others, uh, Dr. Ali Baha to look into the operations of SASCOC. So we found a macro body of sport that was dysfunctional. Started working on it, having a facilitator, Mr. Toby Chamzash, who's replaced me as minister's advisor, worked through that. And you thought that was moving. Then there was the issue of cricket South Africa, and it's a very well documented uh, in the public space of what has been happening there. So, so these things have been mainly, some of them not enjoying uh, the prominence in the media. Basketball South Africa is also a basket case in South African sport. There's many that I can go on, but uh, my understanding in the time that I was in the ministry was that sport is in a very, very bad shape uh, in this country. And it may even need, um, in my view, um, the, the intervention of the president. Uh, I, I speak about that with no fear of contradiction. That's how deep I think uh, some of the problems, if you look at all issues of school sport, uh, the role of Department of Basic Education, the role of sport, arts and culture. So there are many of the things that I think uh, in the end it would, if sport is supposed to play the role that it's supposed to play as an instrument of uh, of nation building, of social cohesion, as it's uh, documented in National Development Plan, item 14, I think it is, the role of sport in the country. So I don't think that it is used in the manner that Madiba uh, would have foreseen that sport has ability to change change the world. And I can certainly tell you now that um, uh, there's a lot that we need to do as to how to use sport as an instrument of, as I've mentioned, of nation building and social cohesion, and also just um, making sure that South Africa becomes an active uh, nation. And you mentioned, uh, Walter Mukwena, about these various conventions and different sporting codes. There was a boxing in Daba, I think back in 2014, obviously before your time, but it resolved to look into maybe contradictions between the Act and the regulations, and they were saying that uh, there was a commitment that amendments will be made to the Act. Was that on your table when you were in office? Well, as I say, <clears throat> these uh, things have been many. And as I would refer to the time, the acting, the then acting CEO of Boxing South Africa, uh, he did mention these things that uh, if I can bring it to the attention of the ministers. But as I did highlight a short while ago, that we're consumed by a, a many other things that uh, required uh, the immediate attention 
and chief among those, if his macro body of sport is dysfunctional, then uh, it tells you everything you need to know about um, what will be the uh, shape and the form of sport in the country. So he thought that by first fixing that, uh, that which then will come. So then you are seized by individual federation. But certainly boxing South Africa did bring this to um, the attention of, uh, of the minister. Of course, the department has always been seized uh, with these matters. But um, again, nothing has, has happened. I mean, since the act was promulgated in 2001, um, I think at the time when uh, it was Minister Balfour, there hasn't been any regulations that have been changed. And I'm told that many a times, in fact, I did speak to one of my main interactions in the uh, people like uh, Dr. Peter Ndatane, people like uh, um, Toby Jamzash, who was at one stage around 2000, the chairperson of Boxing South Africa, as to what have been the issues. But it's clear that um, there hasn't been any movement in amending some of the regulations which uh, have far outlived their usefulness. Yes. And on that note, then, we always get this question, um, why is boxing in South Africa run through an act of parliament? Well, um, first, um, due to the, the attendant risks associated with the sport of boxing being a contact sport, the propensity of government to regulate it has always been there. I mean, from as early as um, uh, the 1954 uh, Act, which was um, already governed the sport, regulated through the, uh, the Boxing and Wrestling Control Act of 1954, for, for that reason... Maybe it's important also, Tabiso, to say what is it, what is this act, and what has it to do? Mm. Uh, the South African Boxing Act of uh, 2001 gives effect to the structure of professional boxing in the Republic. What does, it, what does it mean? That is to ensure that there's effective and efficient administration of professional boxing in the Republic, to recognize amateur boxing, to create synergy between professional and amateur boxing. Uh, to establish a boxing commission, which now we know it as Boxing South Africa, but also promote interaction between the association of boxers, managers, promoters, trainers, and officials, and Boxing South Africa. So to create uh, that synergy, uh, you would imagine um, uh, if this is not regulated, uh, Tabi, so me and you can decide tomorrow that we have a Mosia and Mokwena thing where it basically sanctioned violence. People just come and uh, fight each other in exchange of money. Somebody else dies, and uh, there's no one to take accountability because we've decided that we're going to use the boot of our car as transportation to take the person to the hospital. So because there are all the risks that uh, are associated with uh, combat sport, uh, then therefore people need to be... There are medical issues. There are issues of health and safety etc., etc., including, remember that also with boxing, you've got boxers that come from other countries to come and fight for world titles in South Africa. Um, you know, when they are in the country, um, uh, there's the Aliens Controls Act, when people are here, issues of taxation, SARS, and all of that. So if all of this thing is not regulated, who then takes uh, accountability in the end? especially when there are major problems. So, and and it's it's not just in South Africa. We can look at many other uh, countries uh, overseas, chief among them, uh, the United States of America, with uh, the different states. 
each each chairperson of the athletic commission in a different state. You would often hear when there's a fight in Las Vegas, they would say the fight is sanctioned by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. The state, the governor of the state, is the person that appoints the chairperson of that board. Now, now, what may have happened here, uh, from talking to a lot of people, that perhaps there has been an issue of maybe a bit of over-regulation. If, if a minister is empowered by the act, uh, for instance, uh, to, to appoint the board, which is the case, and also Section 12 of the act says that uh, Boxing South African consultation with the Minister of Sport, Arts and Culture and Minister of Finance can appoint a CO. But the question that comes in there could be, uh, does the appointment of a CO become politicized? Uh, and, and in this manner, it would seem that it is indeed um, politicized. And therefore, there comes in the contestation, which earlier on, when I bumped into John Beckman, former world champion, he says, well, you know, if the minister, you know, appoints the board and the CEO, uh, you know, he can appoint people that he likes. You know, us, we don't get to be involved like in the other federations where football would, you know, uh, elect to um, to appoint whether it's a president of a federation, whether it's a CEO and the office bearers. They do it themselves. But in this case, we understand what was the reason that it got to to be framed in this manner. But uh, I think there are discussions that perhaps need to take place whether is it necessary that uh, all the, the, the board members in terms of the act be appointed uh, by the minister, including the CEO, because that would seek to depoliticize uh, these appointments to make it more uh, about board. But I think that is a debate uh, that is uh, for the stakeholders of boxing, um, because there are those who are for and there are those who are, are against uh, this whole thing. I think that the stakeholders uh, should consult you know, amongst itself and see what is the best way to, you know, to rescue boxing from where it is by getting people who love the sport, who are passionate about the sport, and who are competent as well, you know, so that no one is left out if uh, the licensees, the former boxers, legends, and that feel left out of these processes, you know, then you find that space where, you know, there'll be a lot of um, uh, noises that are coming through. So I think that they, they perhaps need to be a discussion about it. in the manner that which it was started and framed, mm-hmm. does it still work? Because the legislative environment is very fluid and dynamic. That which was applicable and relevant um, five or even 10 or 15 years ago may not be relevant today. So how do you go back and look and tweak and uh, perhaps get something that is going that is fit for purpose? Okay, we're going to hear from those uh, stakeholders then. For those who are just joining us, we are in conversation with Walter Mokoen, a former advisor to the uh, sports minister. Also, he was a minister of sports, recreation, arts and culture and all of that. But we focus on sports here on the show. We're just trying to get insight from him on how things work in that office. And um, and, and also, he's already given us his views on the state of boxing and some of the challenges. So we are opening it up now to the stakeholders. I believe we've got a few calls. We'll take a quick break and we'll go to see Shane Islandan, who's been patiently holding. At SAFM Radio and at Tabi Somusia on Twitter. 
Okay, let's go to Islanda and Monty Sichlet. Thanks for holding. Good evening. Good evening, Travis. How are you? No, we are fine. Thanks. Our guest is here. Go ahead. Um, good. Firstly, I would like to say congratulations on your nomination and good luck. Thank, take it. thank you. Thank you, Sichlet. And to your guest, uh, it's nice to, see, to hear your voice. Even though we're missing you on the screen, uh, it's good to hear that you've been doing something uh, positive towards uh, making our sport a better uh, uh, thing for social cohesion in South Africa. Thank you very much. Thanks. Okay, I've got two comments or uh, input on the topic that we're talking about today. Uh, firstly, I am a big sports fan, and boxing happens to be one of the that I follow closely. And I'm in East London. I'm sure everyone is aware a place like Mjantane. Everyone you meet on the street, uh, the way they greet you is like a chef. And that's how much people like boxing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, and it's true. <laughs> it is true. I'm telling you, if there's a boxing event or anything happening, it's always full up. And I feel like the government and the lawmakers in South Africa, they are less. Oh, we've lost throughout, it. Yeah. Uh, throughout the world, changing people's lives, whether financially or, say, emotionally, you know. Uh, I think South Africa should look at countries like Britain, who I think they've got a good template that South Africa can look at. They've got centers and they take kids at a young age and groom them with the goal going to the next, uh, say, Olympics. So they'll have mm. a couple of, of boxers coming mm. up, mm. train them, and then they go as a class of, say, 2016 Olympics, 2000 and the last one, Tokyo. So those guys go from strength to strength from there, then turn professional. I don't see that, year, that thing happening in South Africa. It's all about policies and all of that, but there's not much action on the ground. People are not coming to the ground and actually building centers. We've got nine provinces. Mm. I'm sure you can build centers, get former boxers, or even get guys who are former boxers from overseas. Pay the guys. They would bring the sport back onto its feet. Okay, wonderful. Wonderful, Sister. We've got you. I'm going to let our guest answer, but let's also go to Cape Town and welcome. Colin, good evening. Good evening, good evening, my friend. How are you? I'm and fine. Are you well? Good evening, your guest. Thanks, Colin. Now I was surprised Thanks. to hear. Good evening, Colin. I think I heard your guest say 1954. Yes. Hey, such a yes. long time back. <laughs> now tell me. It was your time, Colin? <laughs> yes, my time. Yes, yes. But uh, I mean, uh, I never knew they were under Parliament. You know what I mean? They had yeah. such uh, regular rules and regulations. Well, of course, you can get injured, you can get killed in a ring. You know what I mean? Uh, that is why I think Parliament were involved. But what I want to ask your guest, man, let's go back to the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even early 2000. Our boxing was healthy in our country. Now, I heard him saying it's in a bad state. Were, were there individuals that tried to become trainers, money makers? People trying to get youngsters which aren't even properly trained into fights and things like that. Where I would like you to guess the, where when do we go start going wrong and where and who's responsible actually? 
Can you tell me that? Yes, Colin. Okay, good question, Colin. We'll Thank let you, you drop. We'll let you drop the phone so yes, I, you can, I, I, you can I, I, listen I, I, on I, the I, radio. Maybe we can start before we go to the voice notes. Uh, before we forget all the questions, maybe we can start with a call from Sihle. He talks about how what they're doing in overseas countries and how they groom boxers from a young age, and maybe it's similar to what Colin is talking about. Are we up to date with the trends, uh, Walter Mukwen, of what's happening um, in in boxing? Uh, because boxing has been modernized now, and the fact that the act has been there since 1954, like Colin is saying, and uh, that we are still using the act of 2001, a lot has changed in boxing since then are we up to date well um i think boxing south africa need uh, uh, the proverbial software upgrade um because uh, as i said that um you know and and also it's not the fault necessarily of uh, boxing south africa because as i say um it's clear that uh, they, for many years they tried uh, to 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 get the department to make uh, some changes to amend some of uh, the regulations. Um, so, as, as the section 12 of, of the of, of the act does say that uh, the minister, in fact, uh, is the one who, in consultation with uh, Boxing South Africa, makes the regulations. So they obviously come and make the regulations. Uh, because they are running the sport and propose it to the minister. What happens there, um, I, I can't really say much, because uh, obviously, um, in, in so far as where we're concerned, I was involved at the time. They had come back again to say these are the... A simple thing like um, at the time when the the regulations were made, I'll give an example, Tabiso, a featherweight uh, division would have been X number of kilograms. And uh, and once that there were changes, you would find that uh, uh, that weight, a simple thing like a weight division, to be able to change so that um, it's in it's in line with world trends, something like that, uh, basically uh, still has not changed. But to talk about uh, with the issue of whether we need to look at into a British uh, system, etc. Um, look. I think that uh, we, we have good people um, in the country who have been involved and who are passionate about the sport of boxing. Remember, South Africa is, uh, has always been a, 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 a huge force in, in world boxing. I mean, we've got our own legends like Tulani Sugarboy Malinga, who went into the UK and beat Nigel Benn to win the WBC Super Middleweight Championship. We've had champions like Brian Mitchell, who defended... Uh, many times the titles, Vianney Bungu, Welcome Mita. Uh, so, so you can go on and get many boxers that have done well, you know, for South Africa. I think really, also, I, I never, in any sport, I never want to, to transplant ideas and say, well, that which works in England or in the U.S. or in France, we can bring it to South Africa because everything has got an, an environmental context to it. So what is is it that is of a South African and an African context? Only us as South Africans and as Africans, we can create something that is fit for purpose for ourselves. It does not mean that we cannot uh, learn and borrow ideas elsewhere. But I think that we need to think global but act local. How do we act local? It's by making sure that we harness what has already been there, what has been working. I mean, Colin, for instance, uh, after CK. He mentioned that in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, boxing was booming. And um, 
uh, what has happened now? And he, he I partly answered his own question. Part of it is uh, what kind of trainers that we have now? Uh, what is the amateur system that is there? Of course, part of uh, what is the problem for boxing in South Africa is that the feeder system, Sanabo, the amateur board, is also dysfunctional. As you would have seen that uh, at the uh, Olympics in, uh, in Beijing, we didn't, um, no, sorry, not Beijing, Japan. Um, we, we didn't send any boxers. So the boxers would, that would have been coming through through the amateurs. If you remember different Olympics, you've had uh, boxers like Hotum Tao, boxers like uh, Hok Makepul mm. of 10 Pro, boxers like Philip, boxers like Philip Ndo. Mm. So you don't have that anymore because the amateur body, Sanabu, has been very dysfunctional. So therefore, there is no conveyor belt of talent that's coming through. Not only talent in terms of boxers, but also the trainers. What kind of good trainers? The trainers that have been there in the past, uh, like your Branomen Sabane, your, uh, many of ones like your late Bramzis and that, we haven't had really a new solid large number of new crop of trainers. So no, of course, we've had some very good ones in recent years. But I think the whole ecosystem from identification to grooming, the training, and getting these, these boxes ready for elite boxing, something needs to be done. So, and but also before we, um, I stop you on this topic, uh, tradition, how boxing uh, was obviously uh, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You'd see that um, uh, we're now going into the space before even uh, a democratic uh, dispensation. So things should even be better now under a democratic state. How? Because some of our greatest boxers had to fight overseas. So they never really fought in front of their home crowd. So I think that a lot still really needs to be done to make sure that um, we don't live in the past and lament what has happened there. But what are we doing now at this current moment? And why are we, why are we not doing that? You spoke about lack of implementation and uh, you do seem to put some of the responsibility on the office of the minister, which you were part of then. If there is willingness from the community, the boxing community, then why is there lack of implementation? Well, uh, you know, um, I think uh, there's, um, there's uh, various factors uh, that come into play. Um, the... Uh, at communities, do you still get uh, boxing happen at the community centers, which is what it was, you know, to, uh, to foster discipline among young people? Uh, but it's not just uh, that is not just a problem of boxing uh, in this country, Tabi. So largely, also if you look at football, you've got the same. The quality of players and the quality of boxers now, what you see, is more or less the same. If you look at the boxers that we had. In the that era of your uh, whether uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s that Colin is referring to, you look at football, you look at the caliber of players that we had 70s, 80s, and 90s, you would see that there is some form of an alignment. So, so it, it speaks to a societal thing, you know, um, from a, a school level to a community level. Uh, do you still find that young people? Uh, are being attracted to get involved in sport as a form of discipline and learning value. So we are now speaking about a whole societal uh, thing here that we need to look at ourselves as a society. For young people, all the really attracted to now is social media uh, and related issues that aren't really helping them in mm. their 
physical and mental uh, development. Mm, but but from the office, from the ministry's office, do you think enough was done then to implement to implement some of these suggestions and some of these or, or what the boxing community has been crying about? For example, I mentioned the convention in 2014 where there were resolutions taken, but nothing was done, like like you said. Well, you'd say earlier on, Tabi, so that um, uh, some of the blame, uh, I can't really say how much, but some of the blame has to be laid at the door of the National Department. Mm. Uh, because I can only talk for the two years that um, uh, that we, I was in office with the minister, and that coincided with also was the end of the term of the previous uh, board of boxing South Africa mm. and all the issues that are there. So, so you have... Um, you have a, a serious governance problem. So when you haven't got good, competent leaders in the right positions in this office, nothing can ever move forward. Uh, uh, and, and we are seeing that a lot also um, uh, in, in South African sport. So the question is, how do you find the right uh, leaders and empower them and let them to do their jobs? I don't think that has been happening. So we can have all the Indabas go there in air-conditioned conference centers, drink bottled water, exchange business cards. At the end of it all, do you have the right competent leaders in sport who can take the sport into the next level uh, with the right grooming, the right training? So, so, I mean, that on its own, it tells you. I mean, if you look at, for instance, um, uh, at the level of just even one of some of the federations. If you look at, for instance, the very boxing South Africa, there's a long-standing issue that hasn't been resolved to this day of the, the CEO the, oh, yes. and, and the court matter. Yes. Uh, you also went to Sasso. For a long time, they've had an acting CEO, a macro body of sport. You mm. can go on to the many other different federations. I, I don't want to be talking about matters that are not related to this topic. But you can look at that and then ask yourself, so where are the leaders uh, that, and, and also look at the, also the intervention that we've now had to make in cricket to get it to be where it is now. So you ask yourself, where are the young uh, crop of leaders and that can be given opportunity to run the sporting in a manner um, that is efficient and effective and uh, that the corporate governance principles are followed. So that also, when I talk about the poor state, I'm also referring to the administrative side. That is to do. Any nation stands and falls by the quality of leaders that it has. It doesn't matter what section, whether it's sport, whether it's politics. If you haven't got good leaders, there's nothing good that's going to come out of it. Okay, for those just joining us, we're in conversation with the former advisor to the Minister of Sport, Walter Mukwana. We are focusing, trying to focus on boxing, uh, just to get his insight on um, on why on on, on um, the state of boxing at the moment and the challenges and how we can take the sport forward. I believe we've got two more callers on the line, so we're gonna go there and. Uh, uh, people are asking for an update from the football, of course, Netbank Cup between Orlando Pirates and Maroma Galant. It is still 1-1. There are five minutes left. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Let's go back to the lines. Vincent in Pushpak Ridge, good evening. Yes, I want to tell you, so good evening. Hey, my homeboy from Push. Hey, Ninja, I know. Yes, I'm going to tell Vincent Mkwen. Hey, man, yeah, that's where I'm from. That's where I'm from. I'm glad that uh, you also people there are following up on the sport of boxing. You know, this topic hit me right at the bottom of my heart. 
especially when we talk about where are the structures at the local level. Let me tell you about Bushpark Ridge, what is happening. The structures are, 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 are affected with people who are irrelevant. I can tell you, all the development structures like school structures, they are run by, by, by principals. I used to be part of boxing development with one boy from, from, from Alexander here at, 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 at Bushpark Ridge. We used to attend with uh, the class from Wittbank. He was part of Sanabu. And that Sanabu, like you're saying, is a dysfunctional uh, structure. Let me bring you uh, uh, the solution, how I think this can, this can happen. If the Department of Sport, together with the Department of Education, they can go from circuit to circuit and say, we need to have people who are involved in a particular code, including boxing, to say, if you are involved in, in boxing, then you are part of the community within the circuit. So that when we take all the circuits in Bushwick Ridge and say we want to workshop them, you bring people from boxing South Africa, they are going to speak to uh, uh, people who are doing boxing uh, uh, as a sport. You don't have to have a person who's, who is serving in a national structure, say volleyball, but he's, he doesn't even have a volleyball in his school as a principal. Mm-hmm. Then we've got people who are, who are misplaced in terms of how do we develop that. Now, now we've, got, uh, we've got to do this. We don't have to elect committees from top down. Because when you elect people from, uh, from top down, you will have people who are targeted, who are connected, they are going to be elected provincially. And when you go down, you meet coaches, you meet administrators, you meet, you meet uh, uh, mm. people who are dealing with, with, with boxing on the cloud. Okay, and those yeah. people from national, when they come back, they don't even consider those people. They go to the meetings with uh, water, uh, bottled water and whatever, but there's nothing happening. So, <laughs> I I, I, I I think we need to have structures from, from, from bottom up. Yes, no, loud and clear, Vincent. Good point that you made. That's what our guest also alluded to. Let's go to Jorge in Pulukwane. Enda? No, I'm not going to talk to you. Ah, I'm not going to talk to you. Go ahead, Walter Mukwana is here. Oh, it's Walter. Walter. Enda, what's going on? You see, I'm not going to talk Number one, I usually I, I will talk like an amateur sportsman. I played in many sports, but my best one was soccer. Look, the development we're talking about that is at a higher level. What you're talking about is a higher level one, but the real development starts from primary school. You know, I started playing soccer from primary school, running 100 meters, 200, 400, and 800, playing tennis. All these sports, playing boxing, you know, Venda Yes, we I've been there boxing. actually. I've, I was once invited by Poison Devane. May his soul rest in peace. I went to Musa. Yo, yo, that one was a killer, man. Mm. Ah, we, 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 you would, would nail you. Look, we will do all these sports. I think the 1994 democracy killed our sport. That is why, if you look today, only mostly white schools still do sports. Blacks, township, rural area, 
in schools, sport is dead. And that's where we started. You know, I was playing very young, and when I was in Soweto, I was in, in Soweto, the time of the late Jackson Silo. In, in, in junior fellows, he saw me playing. And when we were playing at Milner Park, when somebody from there, from overseas, mm. Liverpool, came to promote it. And he said, this is my new Joel S. Munini. And mm. by that time, we were playing with pickies because I didn't have soccer boots. Mm. So this thing starts from childhood. When we were playing in Dusty Street, you know, in, 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 in Deep Blue Zone 5, mm. we would go to the ground there on Sundays. Frederick Kongomaliban will be playing. They will point at me and many other things. So we play, play from second primary. We play to secondary schools. We went to varsity. We're playing with the Mendisi Melani there and, and Banyaza Lisufi at the mm. University of Natal. You see, that is the real development that we talk about. Yeah. Not Point. at the higher level. Yes, good point there, uh, Corey. We're just going to move just because of time. I believe we've got another voice note. Let's also go um, uh, to the voice notes here. Yeah, good evening there to Walter Mukwen. Uh, just one question for him. Um, does his department really observe how these uh, federations are run? I'm particularly interested in boxing because um, some of us are really not happy with how BSA does things. I mean, uh, there's questions of compliance where they will cancel tournaments for non-compliance, whereas they themselves don't always comply to the act as they should. Uh, so just want to find out from him, Oguti, do they exercise any oversight? Is there any, ac- any accountability whatsoever? And uh, yeah, and uh, can, also take, can I also take this moment to wish you, Tabiso, to congratulate you for being nominated for the SA Sports Award and to wish you good luck. And I hope that uh, the judges there are not like the BSA judges. Citizens are zoned in the corner. Anonymous. Kaiwan, Kaiwan, thanks for that anonymous we receive. Um, maybe before we go back to the lines, Walter Mukwana, before I forget and we run out of time, you, I'm going to go back to some of the questions, but you keep mentioning the issue of the CEO, and we know that Meta has been in court with Moffat Kriti, who was reinstated as Boxing South Africa CEO, and then Boxing South Africa has appealed the order to back pay him for all the years he was not in office. And during that time, there was another CEO that was in office and that was being paid. I mean, what's your take on how this how, how this happened and how it affected the sport or it could have affected the sport? Well, first, if I also forget, let me also congratulate you for your nomination. Uh, you are the you, best. Um, they know what they're doing. They, they'll just give you the award. Uh, moving on... Um, uh, I can say that myself because I started on radio 25 years ago. So I know that people are good in uh, doing their work. Thank you, sir. But, but you know, um, uh, look, Tabisov, uh, uh, if really there was a will, and in this case political will, to solve these problems, you know, problems don't uh, uh, solve themselves. So what happens if you sweep things um, under the carpet. The thing is a build-up, there's a residual. You end up getting by the carpet itself because the stuff doesn't go anywhere. As you can see now, it's a problem. So I don't think that uh, there's been political will uh, in the uh, space, uh, in the sector where we're talking about boxing to solve these problems. Uh, instead of um, using taxpayers' money to push back you know, court cases, and, and in the end, 
the awarding of the, the damages um, is something that I think at the time Boxing South Africa could not even afford. They had to go to the National Department. The National Department says, but we don't have money. And so, you know, it's a kicking of the can down the road. So, and so far as that is concerned, it is problematic. Again, it's the question of leadership, good governance. Um, in this case, both, uh, you know, Boxing South Africa and the National Department, I think this is a, something that could and should have been uh, uh, sorted out a long time ago. So um, the, the oversight that is uh, exercised by the department mm. through the executive authority in the minister, these are things that uh, should be sorted out and should have been sorted out uh, a long time ago uh, when they happened. You know, we know the story how it happened. And when you look at the facts in detail, you ask yourself, how is it possible that this thing happened and got so messy to the way it is, where basically uh, it's become a handbrake to how you can effectively run the sport of boxing. So it also, you know, delves into the issue of oversight, which I forgot the other listener on a voice note was talking about. Uh, we're talking yes. about the issue of oversight. Yes, the oversight. Sub- I want to know if you if you do observe uh, these federations. And by the way, this issue has led to Boxing South Africa still not having a permanent CEO. There's still an interim CEO until this legal matter is sorted out. Yes, uh, you can answer on the one of, of the oversight. Um, do you observe these federations, if they comply or not, especially boxing? Well, w- well um, uh, I, I'm not currently in government, but I can speak knowing when I was there in my time. The role of government and the national department, as I understood it, and I still do to this day, it is not to observe uh, whether the federations do what they're supposed to do. That's why they have recognized the macro body of sport called uh, uh, SASCOC. That is SASCOC's role, you know, to, to, to do that. Imagine if government or the national department spend all their time there's over, what, almost 70 federations or 70 sporting uh, codes and federations in the country. Then, you know, they'll never be able to do their job. So their job really is to, is to provide a, 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 a good environment for South, African, for South Africans, you know, to play sport in the manner that is, uh, uh, you know, is, is, it, it does not exclude people. That is equitable. And uh, that shows social justice as well. So all of those things, that was really the primary focus on the National Department. That role has been mandated to, to SASCOC. So when there are problems, the department goes to SASCOC as a macro body of that's have recognized them to, to play that role. So it's not really the National Department that does that. Even though BSA doesn't fall under SASCOC? I beg your pardon? I'm saying even though BSA doesn't fall under SASCOC, even, even, I mean, so, 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 um, the, the oversight, um, you know, issue that you, you're talking, you're, you're, you're talking about here, I thought it was a, a wide-ranging issue. Of course, uh, in the, in the, in the national department, this as a, um, as, as a statutory body, but still, even if it, um, it, it, it doesn't, they, at any given time, uh, the department and the minister, uh, uh does delegate certain duties and responsibilities uh, to SASCOC. And uh, where uh, it's outside of the the parameters 
of, of in terms of uh, the, the legislative framework. The minister and the national department, the DG, can delegate uh, certain oversight responsibilities uh, to SASCO. That are not to do, for instance, with issues like uh, the Public Finance Management Act and how uh, the accounting, you know, for public monies that are used. But in terms of the technical issues, high performance, team delivery and all of that, the national government can and does delegate those responsibilities uh, to to the macro body of thought. Okay. Cabello in Pretoria, good evening. It's going to have to be a short comment, member. Hi, member. I'm going to be brief. Um, I heard what you have been talking about when you spoke about the trends. Uh, mm. My question is, what can BSA draw from what Castor Noves is currently doing with boxing? And as a young star myself, looking forward to going to Sun City, you know, and when we talk <laughs> about <eight>. transformation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about transformation. Transformation is not about black and white, but also getting youth into this sport. And okay. Castor's already drawn a lot of youth going to Sun City. We are going to Sun City. Uh, so what can BSA draw from that? Because we are talking about transformation every yes, day. Yes, yes, but yes. Then, there's no youth in BSA. And there's no use in both okay. South Africa. So what can we draw from that? Okay. KG in Bloom, I'll give you the last word, a quick one also. Thank you very much for taking my call. I just want to say, it will not assist if uh, the, the, the people who are appointed there, competent people or who got no clue what they are doing. Yeah. The previous CEO, Mr. Shulfano Lejaka, is Peter Maluda's sidekick. When he was deputy minister of police, he was something, something the police. When he went to sports, he took him to be CEO of Boxing SA. Now he's in it of transport. He followed him there to transport. <clears throat> he's something, something the transport, you know. So if you don't put people there who know what they're doing, who are there, not for themselves, but for the greater cause, I don't see us getting anywhere. Okay. Mm, thank you very okay, much. Okay, thanks, KG. We are completely of, out of, of time. There is another sector section, though, that believes uh, Mr. Lijaka did a, a great job and left a big hole, gaping hole, when he left Boxing South Africa. Cabello from Pretoria, the issue about the celebrity fights, Boxing South Africa did address it on the show. They welcome those fights, but they want them to be regulated and uh, to have proper boxing people also involved, like from a medical perspective and referees and all of that. So Boxing South Africa has spoken on that. Walter Mukwana, we're just going to have to leave it here just because of time, but I've taken note of the last two questions. Uh, maybe we'll revisit them when we chat again. Thank you very much, Travis, uh, uh, for the opportunities and uh, to participate. All is available. Thank you very much. Thank you, Walter Mukwena. And uh, also, we will pay a proper tribute to Anthony Molaisane next week. We were There was a lot of reaction today, so that took a lot of our time. So we wouldn't do justice to it. We want to do justice to it next week. Pirates and Gallants have gone to extra time. We have to go to news.